0: I hope that you have had someone in your life who has been such a blessing, such an encouragement, such a help to you that every time that you think of them, you're grateful. For me, one of those people was Grandma Vi. Uh, My Grandma Vi is someone that I spent two weeks with every summer in Jonesboro, Indiana, uh, because mom was like, you're getting out of the house. And so off to Grandma Vi's we went. And we would spend time out on the front porch because back then nobody had air conditioning and it was the only place to be cool in the summer was that giant porch with a porch swing and we'd sip iced tea and she'd read stories. And I guess I probably picked up my love of books from her because she would walk us to the library two blocks away. And at the time, Grandma Vanderpool, Grandma Vi, uh, she was maybe 90 pounds soaking wet And she needed a walker or a wheelchair to get around so she would manhandle this walker and two rambunctious boys for two whole blocks in the summer heat just so we could have books to read while we were at her house. Anytime I think of Grandma Vi, I'm grateful. Brene Brown says that in her 12 years of research on 11,000 pieces of data, she stumbled across an important discovery. Practicing gratitude invites joy into our lives. The key word there is practicing, practicing gratitude. Now, you would think that joy leads to gratefulness, that happy, joyous people are just grateful. But that's not what our research showed, and that's not how it works. In fact, it's the other way around. It's the way one Jesuit priest famously put it. It's not joy that makes us grateful, it's gratitude that makes us joyful. It's the only way to make sense of the Apostle Paul's life and his letter to the Philippians. Joy is one of the big themes of the letter to the Philippians. And I think that's ironic because this letter is written from prison. And at its core, this letter is a thank you note that Paul is writing to his Brothers and sisters, his tribe family of the church of Philippi as a way to say, hey, thank you. Thank you for sending me Epaphroditus and sending along money while I was in prison. The crux of this letter is the poem found in in chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, the attitude of Jesus Christ. Everything in this letter, every idea is a spoke off of that poem in chapter 2. And Paul is saying we should follow the example of Jesus Christ. We should have the same attitude of Jesus Christ. And that if you and I did that, if we practiced that, we would have more joy for ourselves. In the opening sentences of this letter, that's made clear. Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and deacons. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. And then the kicker. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy. The Philippians were a grandma vi for the Apostle Paul. Just thinking about the Philippians prompted Paul to have thoughts and feelings of gratitude. Why? Well, if you go back to Acts chapter 16, there's Lydia who sold purple cloth and who was the first convert from Philippi. And then there was the jailer who, after the earthquake, when Paul and Silas didn't run, he had Paul and Silas in his home and had the whole household there. And he said, you know what? All of us, we're going to follow Jesus Christ. And so that early set of experiences, common shared experiences were something that fueled Paul's connection and fondness for his brothers and sisters in Philippi. But it was more than that. At the end of this letter in Philippians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, he tells us something important. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. So the Philippians were helping Paul financially. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul tells us something else very important. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that God in His kindness, what God is in His kindness is done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles, and they're very poor, but they're also filled with abundant joy. There's that word again, which is overflowed in rich generosity. I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. He's talking about his brothers and sisters back in Philippi. They were struggling. Think of the way we all struggled in the wake of the 2008 recession. And even though they didn't have much, they gave what they could and then they gave more. Because of their connection with Paul, and they gave it to people living in Jerusalem that they didn't even know, who were part of their broader church family. So, the word that Paul uses here I thank God. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. That word thank means express gratitude, appreciation, or recognition owing to, because of, through, by virtue of, or on account of. And how often does Paul say that he thanks God for them? Always. Even though Paul is far away in prison and separated from them, the Philippians are still on his heart and mind. And when he prays for them, he experiences joy. You could almost say that the Philippians are Paul's true partners, supporters, cheerleaders, encouragers and brothers and sisters, his tribe. And he expresses this connection again between gratitude and joy in another letter uh, in First in Thessalonians. In First Thessalonians chapter 5, He really sets it out clearly. He says this, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. It's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. Gratitude unlocks joy. But it's not just spontaneous gratitude. As Brene Brown observed, it's practiced gratitude. In the seventh grade, I was in middle school band. And I played in band and I practiced my instrument every day in school. And that's it. That's all the practicing I did. At the end of the first quarter, I got my grades and I had A's in every subject except for band. Well, even though I didn't like confronting people, I went into Mr. Sills and I laid into him for giving me a B. And he corrected me right there on the spot. And he said, Mr. Vanderpool, you earned a B. I made clear on the very first day of band that if you wanted to earn an A, you had to practice five days a week for at least 30 minutes outside of school and that you had to fill out a chart and your parents had to sign it every single week of the quarter. Well, I was furious, but you know what I did? Started practicing. You know what happened on the first day of eighth grade when we did auditions? I moved from 15th chair, that's 15th chair, To first chair. What happened? I practiced. That's what happened. I practiced. If you want to unlock more joy in your life, you're going to have to practice gratitude. Allow me to ask a few questions from Tommy Newberry. What is positive and unique about your family? What are three of your best memories? From your first year with your spouse? What are parts of your body that tend to work really well most of the time? In what ways has God been gracious to you? What's the nicest compliment you've received this year? What's the most valuable lesson you've learned from another person? What's the most beautiful thing you've seen this week? you do have some things to be grateful for, don't you? One particular attitude or way of thinking, however, can get in the way of being grateful. And that attitude is the attitude of entitlement, which is best expressed with the phrase, I deserve. Let me just talk about me for a minute. I'm your pastor. I work really hard. I don't yet earn a full-time wage. I could say things to my myself like, I deserve more money. I deserve time off. I deserve a secretary because my pastor friend down the street, she has a secretary to write down all her sermons and on and on. All those things might very well be true, but... As soon as I start thinking that way and expressing those thoughts, my joy evaporates. Poof, it's gone. Beware of an attitude of entitlement. It's going to prevent you from being grateful. And when you're not grateful, you're going to have a hard time experiencing joy. Watch out for that. So how can you practice gratitude? going to give you several things that you can do this week. First of all, every single day, write down what you're grateful for. Every single day, write it down. What am I thankful for right now? And write it down. It can be in a journal. It can be on your mirror. It can be on a post-it note. It doesn't matter. But the act of writing it down solidifies it in your mind. It's really important. And if you email me today, of all the people who email me today, I'll draw a name out of a hat and I'll give that person the very journal that I use that has this prompt that's part of its daily reflection. What am I thankful for right now? That's the first thing you could do. The second thing is something that Brene Brown does with her family. She says, at our dinner table, each family member takes a turn and says something they're thankful for. She reports two things. One, when they first started doing this as a family, she thought that her kids were basically going to turn on her and say, Mom, you're just doing another social experiment on us. But she said the second thing that happened is it gave her and her husband a view into her kids' lives, a window into what was going on in their hearts and minds. When one of the kids said, well, I'm really grateful that the wall between me and my brother's room is really thick. That said something. And then when a, when one of their kid's friend's mother died and they every day that week said, I'm really grateful my parents are healthy. It told them something about what was going on in their kid's lives. Third thing you can do is make a list of people who've helped you in life. Pick one person from that list and thank them. Come on. You aren't where you are today because you pulled yourself up from by your bootstraps and did it all by yourself. There were people along the way who helped you, who believed in you. Pick one of them and turn around and say, thank you. It isn't joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. Gratitude unlocks joy in your life. It might take a little practice, but I promise it's worth it.